Welcome to the May the Smoke Be With You podcast. And now here's your host, Joe Levitt. Well, welcome into this episode of the May the Smoke Be With You podcast. We are live from Lynchburg, Tennessee at the Jack Daniels World Championship Invitational Barbecue Competition. Uh, this is where people literally from all over the world come to compete to be crowned the world champion in barbecue. And uh, so we're, we're doing some live podcasts uh, all weekend long. And uh, we've, got, we've got a podcast here. And, and we've got one of our international friends here all the way from Perth, Australia. Uh, please welcome into the May the Smoke Be With You podcast, Smoking Steve, Steve Allen. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think I, I really want to know, because here in America, we have our own kind of conception of what barbecue is, uh, what, it, what it means to us, how we experience it, and, and it varies region by region even. You know, here in, in the South compared to Texas, compared to Kansas City, compared to the Carolinas, there's all different kind of varieties of barbecue. But in, in Australia, like where, where did you fall in love first maybe with, with barbecue? Because I don't think my knowledge of Australian barbecue really stops with Outback yeah. And uh, and crocodile Dundee shrimp on a Barbie, you know. That's pretty much what it was for a long time. It was direct grilling. So barbecue okay. for us for a long time was a Barbie, which is a gas burner, whack your steak, your snags, yep. straight on, yep. overcook it, make them black, <laughs> and that's what we were brought up with. Seventies, um, eighties, nineties. Just really well done. Yeah, lots of just, char. Yeah, not the best steak. Not yeah, not the best cuts. And uh, it was the bo- it was the boom of barbecue from here, and we always follow America. They're our big brothers. Okay. Um, so we we just anything they do, we love to copy. And people like Man versus Food, Red and Richmond, Anthony Bourdain. Okay. We were watching these shows, and we're like, "What the hell is brisket?" And this was probably 2011, 2012. Okay. So it's only been the last ten years, really, for American barbecue. It's made its way into Australian barbecue. So okay. before that was direct grilling on the Weber. Yep. Webers were huge in the 70s, 80s. Then people neglected them and threw them on the curb. And then in the last 10 years, they are now hot items. So there's a Facebook group in Perth where they'll find a sighting of a Weber on the side of the road <laughs> and people will go nuts. Is this a 1970s E-model class? Brown, blah, blah, blah. And they'll be like, yep, found it. They bring their ute. And pick it up, and they, they've got 10 or 12 of them in their backyard now. So and it's just the next so one that they're adding yeah. to the collection. So uh, we've come a long way. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was for me, it was personally, it was Anthony Bourdain. Um, when he went to Austin, met Adam, uh, Aaron Franklin. Okay. And uh, I thought, wow, this is cool. And I just, I was, I, I loved cooking before uh, barbecue. And mm-hmm. um, being close to Southeast Asia, I, we have a great influence of Indian Thai, Japanese, all the, that kind of great food. Yeah. And, uh, but then barbecue came along and I just bought myself a little four, six, uh, six rack Bradley Digital with the biscuits. Okay. Just a camp little thing. And uh, that's what got me into barbecue. Just a little smoker, electric smoker. And, uh, but yeah, we, yeah it's, we've come a long way in Australia. What, what are you cooking on now when you're, uh, when you're doing competitions? In so I, I, I used to get a lot of crap because it was uh, the electric smoker and it was classed as cheating. But we didn't have KCBS when we first did gotcha. our very first competition. So I was allowed to use it. Um, and then I thought, okay, well, I'm going to travel to Austin 
and I emailed about 20 different barbecue joints and I said, look, I'm on vacation leave. Can I work for you for a month for free? And I got about three or four back, three or four responses. Um, one happened to be Tootsie, um, but I, I, I looked at the location where she was and it was a bit out of town. Yeah, it was. I was there a single is. guy at the time and I wanted to see the sides of Austin. So I uh, found Micklewaite Craft Meats. Yeah. Uh, a great joint, lovely guy. And that's the kind of style I wanted to kind of learn from. And I was just straight into the cooking 5 a.m. every morning, cooking on an offset. And uh, eventually, I, when I came home after that month, I bought myself an offset. So I went from the easiest method to the hardest. And yeah. in Australia, you know, here, there's, there are hundreds of makers, manufacturers of offsets. Yeah. In Australia, what were your choices? Uh, about three or four. Okay. Yeah. So there was... Uh, like char griller or something, or you know. No, no, these were guys. Okay. Like yeah, homemade boilermakers. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, there was about three or four. This guy, the one I bought, was from Queensland on the other side of the country. It's oh, like that, that's LA convenient. To, yeah. Yeah, LA to New York, basically that distance. Yep. And um, yeah, freight over on the train, I think, and uh, arrived with a couple of dings and scratches. But I've had that ever since, and yeah, I love I love my offset at home. I'm not using an offset here at the Jack, but. Um, just to make a lot life a little easier, I'm using pellet smokers, and um, but yeah, I, yeah. So, so you got your 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 offset. Your you you were trained for a full month in, yeah. in Texas, and then you're making barbecue for competitions in Australia. Are were you like what? What's the criteria there? Like, what are you? How different do you think that criteria versus this criteria will be? Um, for competitions for or? flavor profile maybe more than anything yeah see we're still young so I mean you mentioned it before about the Carolinas to Texas you got the pepper you got the mustard the tomato mm-hmm. where in Australia it's still young and we, we, don't, we don't really have a, a, an identity and flavor profiles just yet um, the only thing that really differs between states or territories is the type of wood because we have native wood what we have in Western Australia is Jarrah it's uh, a really hard redwood mm-hmm. dense, great for smoking. Um, and you have iron bark and other st- styles of wood over east. But flavor, yeah, we, we, we basically get most of our rubs and sauces now from the US. Like ba- okay. back when I first competed in 2013 was our very first competition in Australia. It was five teams. <laughs> wow. And it went for like six hours. So it was like a quick cook. Uh, I had to make my own rubs. I had to... F- yeah, I had to make my own sauce. Uh, there was nothing around, nothing available. The only thing was available. The first one on the on the shelf was Sweet Baby Ray's, and everyone was buying Sweet Baby Ray's. And about three years later, everyone was sick of Sweet Baby Ray's. Yeah, and that's all we had: Stubbs and then Sweet Yeah Sweet Baby Ray's were the first two. And now I know the folks from Lanes are yes. over there. Oh yeah, Lanes is killing it. Yeah. Yep, uh, and I know that they're. Uh, yeah, I, I've talked to them at different times uh, about kind of partnering with them, and uh, they're they're saying they're sending I think a container a week, uh, or uh, yeah. yeah, literally or a month over to Australia now, and they're just yeah, Lane's like, doing well. Um, I'm sponsored by Heavenly Hill um, Barbecue Championship Rubs and okay. Sauces. They're based over east. Um, I've been using them for about four or five years, and I've got great results. And uh, Michael Page is doing a great job um, selling that um, locally in Australia, but. I think he wants to break into that international market as well. Mm-hmm. And I'll be using his sauce in the sauce contest for the Jack. So hopefully okay. we do well with that for him nice. to help promote it. So you talked early about just kind of the uh, the way barbecue 
used to be until the American influence kind of happened. You said it was bad cuts of meat and direct grilling. Uh, how has that influence changed the type of meats that you're able to get? Are they, have they become a little more readily available or are you yeah. still hunting for... It was funny, back in when I first started doing the yeah, smoking 2012, 2013, I would go to a butcher and ask for a brisket mm. and they would say, do you want that on the bone? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> no. And... <laughs> So all, the only people who would um, request brisket back then is the, the Jewish style for cooking on the bone. So you're boiling it. Uh, okay. the, the New Zealanders like to make a hungy underground. So you get that nice juiciness off the bone as well for the flavor. And I would have to show them pictures of full pack of cuts. And they're like, no, nah, we can't do that with our cows. Our cows aren't big enough. So I'll just give you this little piece of navel end brisket and that's all you can get. It was a nightmare finding decent brisket back then. And those are probably, yeah, like, uh, I don't know what the equivalent would be, but probably like three or four pound, yeah, very small flats. Yep. And know. sometimes they'd bring it out and it's white because they'd be brining it oh, in thanks. like vinegar or something. Oh, and I'm you. like, yeah, I don't need that. So it was uh, tough to find good quality cuts. Um, and then over time, butchers who are keen on low and slow would... Uh, educate themselves and then we were starting to get great cuts and then it just boomed and now you people in america after australian wagyu brisket you know it's it's just done the complete reverse yeah so we're pretty lucky now i use a brand called stonax uh, which i've heard that some teams use um every now and then but yeah that's a big brand there's a lot of great brands now um and we have margarita wagyu down mm. in our local area in perth down south um, so yeah, we're doing really well now, but back then it was hilarious. <laughs> it was tough. Uh, so as you look at this competition, you know, I, I feel that some of the, the international teams have a little bit of a disadvantage, a little, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, because you're not cooking on your rig, no. uh, you're cooking on something brand new to you, whether it's a Primo, uh, you know, ceramic grill or a pellet grill of some kind. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you're also trying to figure out what this flavor profile is. Yeah. So what, what's your, what's your strategy as you kind of sit here and you're getting ready to start prepping today for your cooks tomorrow. What, what's your strategy? So we have a Rectech 700, mm -hmm. um, pellet smoker. So I've literally just put on the bread to do a bread test. Okay. Um, which I think you guys do a bris biscuit test. Biscuit, yeah, yeah. I just use slices of bread. Yeah, toast uh, it up. Toast yep. it up. And I've brought some Vegemite if anyone wants to try some Vegemite today. I'm sure there's going to be a really long oh, it's line. It's going to be a huge queue for, for sure. Uh, so just for please. Vegemite. It's, it's <laughs> disgusting. Do you <laughs> like Have it? Have you tried it? Yes. But well, my brother-in-law is from Australia. Yeah, so I've, oh, I've okay. tried it. So you've already had the Yeah, yeah. He brought uh, it initiation. over. Yeah, he brought it over with... Uh, with his Men at Work uh, CD collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. and, and we had to taste it. And now I will say that the Tim Tams, like yes. the, the cookies, oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of the Tim Tams. Yeah. When those are in the suitcase, I'm, we welcome them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Vegemite's in the suitcase, we, we keep them on the porch. Okay, well, it's an acquired taste. <laughs> but that's our breakfast toast, butter, yeah. Vegemite. Yeah. And some have different levels of how much you spread. Okay. I'm a one to a five. I'm about a four. So okay, so I, you're a heavy spreader. I like it heavy, yeah. Okay. It's, a, it's a good start to the day. <laughs> Is uh, it a good uh, hangover cure, too? Uh, not really. No, okay. <laughs> It'll wake some people up if they don't like okay. it. So, But for me, I love it, so it doesn't really do much. Good. Yeah. Anyway, what were we saying? All right, the strategy. You, you've yeah. got a Rectech 700. Yeah, you're so doing a bread test, test right yeah, now. I just received this smoker this morning, so I've got a little bit of time. Um, but it, luck, luckily for me... Being in this kind of environment is not my first. I had I had a comp in California at Brewing Q Festival last last year in June. Okay. And same deal. I rock up with just a knife roll and a bucket, 
and that was it. And then a, a Myron Mixon pellet smoker came along. Okay. And that was great because that was a big four rack. Yeah. I did all my proteins on the one pellet smoker and I somehow managed to get a third place in brisket. Amazing. It was, it, I was pretty happy with that. Yeah. So, um, so I, I kind of am familiar with, you know, just adjusting and just being ready for something to go wrong or just to flip the switch. And, and funny enough, the power went out while we were testing. So, okay. you know, we're just learning right now. We've got a little bit of time to just familiarize ourselves with errors and trials and tribulations yeah. and all that. So, And as you think flavor profile, yeah. uh, what, what's kind of your, what's your strategy? What have people maybe shared with you and what aren't they sharing with you? Uh, well, most are pretty open about it. Um, over here, it's a, uh, what I, from what I can gather, it's a good mix of sweet, heat, and a bit of savory. So it's like a blend. Whereas what I was told by everyone in California is up the sugar, make it sweet. Okay. So I haven't had anything really stand out or stick out with, with, the, with the knowledge um, from other pit masters, but I haven't asked too many yet. Um, but so far, keep, keep, it, keep a little heat in the back end and um, I should be good. But sometimes it's good to stand out from the pack. And I think... That's what helped with um, the brisket in California because we um, Heavenly Hill has a great um, beef sauce and I, I, I think it's one of the best and I'm using that today for the category, um, for the sauce category. So I think that might help me. So you never know. I think sometimes sticking out from the pack is good, but it just depends on the judges. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, so it's, you know, for a lot of these teams, you know, met some from, from Georgia, which is a, a neighboring state and from Texas, they can drive or they can fly. Yeah. I mean, you were, you, Perth is 30 uh, hours, 30 hours. Yeah. I mean, cause you're the, you're the other side of the, yeah. the country. The and most like you furthest said, from here. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, it's, it's not, uh, people don't realize Australia is massive. Yeah. Uh, it is coast to coast. It's New York to LA equivalent. Um, so how long have you been here? When did you get here? Uh, yeah. Like how long is this trip for you? I learned my lesson again from California. So I got here a bit earlier. Uh, we arrived on the Sunday night. So we okay. had about two or three days to unwind, get rid of the jet lag in Nashville, mm -hmm. see the strip and, you yep. know, do Broadway. Bit, a bit of whiskey yeah. to help the jet lag, apparently that sure. works. So, uh, yeah, that was good fun. And uh, see the sights, try some hot chicken and all that good stuff. Um, and then, so we're here for the comps. We arrived at an Airbnb down in Winchester a couple of days ago just to give us enough time to find all the stuff we need, the butter, this and that and plus the trimming I like to trim everything before yeah. I get here um, just to help with time yeah. to do other things like the pellet smokers and then uh, so after the comp we've got another day here and then back to Nashville for a couple more days and then we fly back so what, what did you try in Nashville you mentioned hot chicken where'd you go uh, Prince's Prince's yeah, yeah the original yeah, yeah. what uh, what'd you think so I, I was here back in 2018 okay. with my um, fiance at the time my now wife um, I proposed to her in New York and then we flew to Nashville. Nice. Um, so Nashville is great memories for us. I tried Hattie B's back then. Okay. And then I tr thought I'd try Prince's this trip. Uh, I think I'm a Hattie B's guy. Okay. I think it's the crust and the, the a bit more crunch, whereas mm -hmm. the Prince's was a bit softer. Um, and the spice, it's a more even rounder spice with Hattie B's. I can feel, I can taste more cumin and other spices whereas Prince's it's more a hotter stingier peppery flavor for me mm -hmm. um, and I tried hot and extra hot um, and that was that was okay the extra hot had a bit more to it um, so I'd, I'd say they take it on the heat level over Hattie B's 
So, uh, are you you like spicy things? Then? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Indian is my favorite cuisine. Ah. And uh, and that can get hot over there. That I can get hot. Um, and I, I make my own goat curries, lamb curries back home. So, um, I always get the hottest curry I can. So that helps coming to Nashville, I guess. Yeah. What What would be some things that you would cook over there that would not be cooked over here on on the regular? Um, yeah. Maybe it's a cut that you do that's that's different. Um, I think everything kind of has a different name almost. Like, um, I don't know if you call a ribeye a ribeye. Yeah, we um, have ribeyes. Um, we don't really get the New York strips and things like that. Okay. Um, mostly scotch fillets. Yeah, what's a scotch fillet? Because I've heard my brother-in-law say Well, that. it's got the spinalis of the ribeye okay. attached. To the, I think it's similar. I think it is. It could be the ribeye just without the bone. I'm okay. not sure. I'm not a butcher, but okay. Um, my butcher's screaming right now, probably. Um, so yeah, Scotch fillets big, um, porterhouse, yep. uh, sirloin are the top three, I'd say, um, in terms of the meats. But yeah, we get a lot of great seafood back home. Yeah. So we're yeah, you're eating, right there on the coast. Yeah, yeah, we're eating a lot of salmon, whitefish, um, crayfish, which is similar to lobster. Yep. Maybe a bit smaller and therefore a bit sweeter. Okay. We don't have crawfish. We have yabbies. Yabbies are like a harder shell than a prawn or a shrimp. Okay. Um, but it's a sweeter meat. Um, I love the yabbies. Grew up on those. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we get some great produce yeah. back home. And then uh, do, you, do, you, do you smoke kangaroo? Uh, a lot of people do. I, I haven't yet. Okay. Um, but the tail, the roux tail is the most prized. The yeah, roux tail? Yeah, it's like an oh. oxtail. Do you have oxtail? You yeah. Know, yeah, that, yeah. But, that, but somehow that makes me sad. The, the the kangaroo tail I, <laughs> like it's one thing to just be like uh, kangaroo like yeah. I, I kind of equate it here to our deer yeah you know it's yeah, just it's it's very a, they're gamey in, it's not yeah gamey but little lean little, little gamey they're kind of a, obnoxious they could run into your car oh you know, okay that, you know that, yeah. I'm talking about the taste <laughs> yeah uh, and and also the taste yeah, yeah, then, yeah. then it is a little bit more of a gamey flavor than you know than just regular there's beef. more kangaroos than people in Australia. Um, so there's a lot of kangaroo. I would be, to be really eaten. worried about an uprising. Well, there, you know, there was an emu, the war of the emus versus humans, and the emus won. It's a famous story that. of the the British and the Australian army <laughs> out northern, north of Perth, I think it was. There's actually a movie coming out about like a comedy because it's a true. You look it up on Google right now if you can. The emu, the war, the emu war. Yeah. And okay. they just tried to just bulldoze down with bullets all these emus, and the emus came back and somehow took their territory back over the, over the us. Wow. So, yeah, look that up. Lesson learned. Don't mess with an emu. Yeah, they, they are scary looking. <laughs> and you know about our magpies? No. The swoopy boys, we call them. Okay, no. Magpies are, are birds that are quite protective of the nests okay. during uh, around this time, so from August to October, November. Especially if you're riding a bike, for some reason, more than walking. If you're riding a bike under a nest, they will come and attack you and keep swooping. We call them the swoopy boys. And a lot of people have lost eyes, unfortunately. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. They scare wow. me. Yeah. Um, and having kids now going to a park, I'm always on the lookout for swoopy boys. Uh, that's just what you got to do to protect your kids. Swoopy boys sounds really fun, but they're, <laughs> yeah, they're not fun at all. No. The magpies, uh, yeah. And it's funny enough, it's the most hated AFL Australian rules football team. <laughs> the Magpies, Collingwood Magpies, and actually won the premiership this year. So most hated, hate but obvi- not by their fans. No, of course not. Yeah, but everybody else just hates. Yeah, it. it's just it's just a tradition, tradition that goes way back 
But um, is, is it yeah. kind of uh, maybe the equivalent would be here the Dallas Cowboys because they're America's. They call themselves America's team, and every other team in the league hates them. Yeah, uh, maybe that. But Dallas Cowboy fans have a lot more teeth <laughs> than the Collingwood fans. Shots, I'm going to get a lot of crap. Now, shots fired. There's not many Australians here, so I'm safe. Yeah, or you know, I don't know. I don't get a lot of downloads in Australia <laughs> at yeah, this good. point, but uh, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, now, one thing uh, the May the Smoke Be With You podcast is uh, it's obviously a little tip of the hat to to Star Wars. Yes. Uh, are you are you a Star Wars fan? I am. I'm not the <laughs> I'm not the biggest nerd, but <laughs> I, I've watched all the films. I you know I yeah I love I love Star Wars, but I'm not. You I don't know. have figurines. I don't have. I don't collect anything. Star okay, Wars, so that, that's fine. There's don't no, kill yeah. me. Yeah, no, no. There's right. there's no uh, no no uh, points against okay. if you don't have uh, a figurine collection. <laughs> uh, but we like to ask, you know, like, do you have a favorite movie? A favorite movie that you liked oh, of the series? It's just the OG, the originals for me. The originals. Yep, that original um, trilogy. W- my wife and I have been watching Mandalorian. Uh, the most re- recent season. Not as big of a fan than okay. the previous. Um, the reveal at the end of season. One or two was pretty epic. Okay, I, don't, I won't reveal it. Good for your nerdy fans. Uh, well, they probably watched it. <laughs> yeah, all the nerds have already watched it. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, New Hope. It'd have to be just okay. Yeah, that's what I grew up on as a kid. Right, I was born eighty four. Yep. Um, I was about twelve, thirteen when I started watching them. So yeah, that's yeah. that's what I had. Yeah. Uh, favorite character from uh, from those is there? Uh, Han Solo, I think he's got some swagger. Okay, yeah, you need swagger as a as a barbecue competition guy too, mm. right? Like, I, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you, you, your swagger is when you win. The when, results when you walk up. Yeah, the then Conor McGregor walk. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping to do. I did the cocktail. Um, category. Okay. I was one of seven out of the 80 teams chosen to do the cocktail. All right. Um, so I think that's my best shot at getting an award today, <laughs> tomorrow. So <laughs> what, uh, what What? cocktail did you do? So you could create your own yeah. or you can, you know, you, go But off, you're using, off. using Jack Daniels yes. as, the, as the root spirit. Up to seven ingredients. Okay. Um, I thought it's Friday the 13th. Okay. It's at the Jack. I came up with Jack the Ripper. Okay, all right, I like it. Yeah, and I used a, uh, an old-style coupe uh, cocktail glass, so it's got a long stem, opens up, so it looks very Victorian Okay. from that time. And I had some muddled cherries down the bottom to make it look like he's Bloody. collecting his blood or his victims with his scalpel. Okay. So it, it was this whole story. And um, Do you get to tell the story? Yeah, that you get points for the story, uh, technique... Yeah, uh, presentation, all this stuff. All right, yeah. so, so give me a quick rundown of what was in, in the cocktail. Uh, so I used, um, I also brought in um, from back home a, an amaretto liqueur from Australia, made mm. in Australia. Nice. Um, and it's a naked amaretto, which means there's no additional additives okay. or sweetener because okay. I wanted the Jack Daniels sweetness to talk. Yep. To do, the, to, to do the fun part. So I had that plus a little bit of triple sec, the muddled cherries down the bottom, and that was it. It was simple, elegant. A little orange peel twist as a garnish. Just looked like you would drink that back in the old 1800s. Like right. Jack the Ripper would drink it. Yeah. You'd hope. Um, and they, they loved it. Yeah, they uh, good feedback. So see how I go. We'll find out tomorrow. That's amazing. It, it sound, sounds incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think the fact that you'd, you, uh, you'd put a lot of thought into it, the, the timing, uh, you, the play on Jack, 
Friday the 13th. Like, yeah. It, it, you're, There's you're, a story. And I even linked myself somehow into that. Well, I'm uh, so, so Who are you in this story? No, so I'm a little concerned I now. I said I'm directly related. And they said Jack the Ripper. And I said no. I'm directly related to one of the original convicts from, the, from England. Because Australia was built on... When yeah. they were colonised, they brought in the convicts to help right. build the prisons and, mm-hmm. and, and the towns. Yeah. And they got fit young men to come. So my great, 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 great uncle, Martin Stone was on the very first boat to Fremantle as wow. one of the co- first convicts and he helped build the Fremantle prison. I don't know if you've been there. No. So no. so they basically tore down the original boat, the Skindian, used every bit of timber and steel to make the steps, everything, the walls. They're like, we're not going home, guys. Yeah. And, and all he did was his, his crime was in their dialect or terms of words, he was with drink and stole a horse. So he was basically drunk and said, hey, he was the jackass of his time. Let's steal this guy's horse. And that was enough to get him to Australia. Wow. And I said, well, maybe he was brushing shoulders with Jack the Ripper back in those days. You never know. He could have walked past him. (laughs) Hey. Well, maybe Jack the Ripper said, hey, I dare you to steal that horse right now. It could. Yes, that would be the story. (laughs) And he just took the blame, you know. Oh, that's. that's I like that. Like so they loved it. They loved. I had a story. I kind of linked it to my history and all that. And, um, and and here's also what I'll say: people with Australian accents to Americans just sound smarter. Oh wow! Uh, we we are very. You, you sound to us much more eloquent when you say just normal things than us. Even though you guys may copy some of our things, you know you you know you want to be like America. You said earlier. Yeah. But like, like we, I don't think we like the way we sound <laughs> compared to. Yeah, to but there's uh, there's certain dialects as well within Australia, yes. so you can go really. Hey, how's it going? Like, <laughs> the higher you go towards northern Australia, yeah, so sometimes it gets a little bit higher and more slang comes out. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably further down the list. Okay, um, but it's like in America too. Yeah, and my mate Scotty, who's with us. Yeah, he's single, so he's on the apps. Oh, and and we're, and we're talking, and he's talking to uh, women. Yeah, and we were discussing. Oh, there's 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 some really interesting, better what what's the word? Um, more attractive sounding, southern accents. Southern accents. Oh they're, yeah, they're, they're yeah, beautiful sounding. Yep. But then if you go to like L.A., where they emphasize the, the end, where yes. they go up and they go, eh, but it's. <laughs> It's not as attractive, so I guess it's the same in Australia. I'm going to the Jack Daniels barbecue competition. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, like that. Yeah, yeah, yep. I uh, I get that. All right. So, uh, has he had any luck on the apps yet? This this uh, this. No, trip? yeah, he's just you know in planning mode for when we go back to Nashville. I think so. <laughs> uh, all right. So when uh, when you're when you're out there and you're 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 smoking and you're maybe at home or at a competition, what are you uh, what are you listening to? What's Black Keys. Black Keys. Black okay. Keys is my trimming music. It's just my jam. You didn't see Jack White in uh, in Nashville. No, but I've seen Jack White when he came to Perth. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I, yeah. I love he, the old he lives there, right? Doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. Yeah. He's got his Third Man Records. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. Okay. I, yeah. Grab did some did you there. let him know you were coming? No. Because you've got an accent. I feel like he might have. You could have said, "I'm coming to and I'm competing." Like, who knows? Yeah. I you don't st- know. You're going back to Nashville. Maybe just just slide into his DMs, see what happens. Oh, okay, I'll try. It worked for me to get you on this podcast. Yeah, that's true. See, that's y- true. Big things can. But happen. I only have like seven hundred followers. <laughs> he 
He's got a slightly more. <laughs> but you have the accent, and mm. you've got the clout of being here as a as a representative of your yeah. country. It's, yeah, it's not as big back home just yet. I know this is huge worldwide, but no one really knows me back home. Like just maybe the barbecue teams in Perth. But do uh, <laughs> so was there was there any press? Would did anybody care? No. Did the local paper write up Nothing, that no. smoking Steve's going to? Nah. Really? Zero. Yeah. You need to do better at your PR. Well, if I win, I'm sure there'll be a, the, a lot. A little, the, probably a parade. Oh, so, maybe, I don't know, but maybe I'll be on the news. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Skynet, maybe they'll do a little feature uh, on Skynet. You. Sky News, was it? Was Sky News. Sky News, yeah. Uh, Skynet, Jesus. <laughs> T1000's coming. <laughs> My God. No, like the Sky News. Yeah. If, if Australia wins the jack, the world is going to crap. And Skynet is coming to take over. And the AI is already here. It's already so. here. We're already, we've actually already been taken over. That's, that's Will AI get to barbecue, though? How? Um, Will I be able to get a robot to dial in those smokers that I've never used before? And I can say, hey, cook me the best brisket. No. No. I, don't, I, I think because... I know that was a rhetorical question. But... <laughs> kind of. <I>, but I... I <laughs> I believe there are things that are still there's still an art, yeah. even even with and love and love. Even if you put all these teams and they all were cooking this weekend with Rectex, and they would there would be seventy different teams, seventy different results. They would all taste differently because there's within those parameters of this is a smoker you're using. There's there's an art to it. There's mm. there's the wood. There's the temperature. There's yes. There could be the the perfect algorithm that yeah. says cook at this temperature for X amount of minutes and raise it, what, you know. Yep. But still, I think there's going to be those, those things that only a human can do. You, you mm. know from being around a grill what that meat should feel like at this particular Look point. Look like, smell. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I think there's, there's, there's some... I, I don't think we're in fear of that quite yet. Yeah, quite yet. Maybe 50 years. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what our, our grandkids will will be faced with when it comes to AI in the world of barbecue? Oh, I did some. I, I see something on Instagram. There's some like uh, barbecue chat bot guy that's trying to like AI. I'm your barbecue chat bot friend okay. or something. It feels just for help, just for tips. Yeah, and tricks. maybe. Okay. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, so you're listening to the Black Keys. Love them. What do, what are you drinking on a Bourbon. Bourbon. I'm okay. into bourbon right now. Nice. Um, you lot. just want to be like Americans, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> don't tease me, but I love my Eagle Rare, uh, okay. Mictors. Okay. Um, Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. Double Oaked, yep. So good. Yeah. Um, just the last year, I've just made the switch. Beer doesn't agree with me, with me physically, um, yeah. so I've been off the beers, and we've got a massive craft beer scene in, in Australia and Perth. Mm. Um, but they're super hoppy, very strong, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't agree with me for the next day. Like right. uh, bourbon just goes through me, and it's just better for me, I think. And I love, I love the taste. So it's and and I smoke cigars. I'm there you a go. big cigar fan, and I'm actually sponsored by my our um, cigar lounge in Perth, Devils. Nice. Um, it's cool. a private cigar lounge, and we had a big fundraiser. Uh, shout out to Devlin's. Very cool. So, so what, and whiskey. Uh, what's availability for bourbons? Like here, are you going to liquor shops and going, we can't get this or I, I never see this at home? 
or is or is yeah. distribution pretty good? Well, I mean, for those ones I mentioned, in, uh, pretty good. Yeah, but when you go to the stags, um, I mean, are you able to find like Blantons over there? Yeah, you can. Stags are harder. Blantons are okay, but when you go at the higher level of, uh, which I don't really have the luxury of trying yet, but there's I know some guys in Perth that get the pappies, sure. And yeah. all that kind of good stuff. But yeah. I'm happy with that kind of price range for myself to drink it as often as I do. Yeah. There, so. there's, there's something about the, the bourbon world which has always fascinated me because there's a bourbon like Blanton's. If we go back six years ago, you could have walked into any bottle shop mm. anywhere in America, walked up, bought it at, at just a very reasonable retail, probably a Woodford type price. But somehow these these bourbons kind of get this this name or this, and then they all of a sudden just kind of take off. Blanton's yeah. then got to a point where you couldn't find it hardly at all. Uh, Elmer T. Lee is another one here that just for a long time was just a a good run of the mill kind of a good bourbon, but not something that was highly coveted. And yeah. now it's like, man, you can't find it. If you find it, like you're yeah. grab it, grab everything they got. Well, um, it's always when it becomes limited. Yeah. People start thinking, "Oh, I want that now." Yeah, the scarcity just creates yeah. urgency, yeah. and you're you've got to get it. Yeah. yeah, it's like the Franklin barbecue. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was talking to somebody. You know, is is there anybody in in Australia and where you're at that's doing American style barbecue restaurant that's doing it well? Yeah, Big Don Smoke Mates. He's a friend of mine, Donovan. Um, okay. He basically puts his menu up on a Monday. Okay, Tuesday, seven p.m goes live five minutes later it's sold out and then you pick it up on a saturday and he's doing that every week he's killing it um he's expanding his his um space so he'll have a microbrewery next door where people can actually sit down um licensing and councils are very difficult back home a lot of red tape i know a guy. but he's making it work yeah okay <laughs> bring it in for uh but yeah he's doing a great job texas style he's got the primitive pits Oh um, wow! From the US, shipped, okay, over. shipped over. He's got like two thousand gallons, I think, or three maybe. He's he's got a big staff and he's just turning it over. Obviously, it takes three four days of work for that one day, right? But he's making it work and he's not going to back down on quality. Um, he's not going to open more days. He's not going to open other locations. Make it a set, you know any time of the day you can go in yeah. kind of thing. Um, he will only use the best nine plus wagyu brisket. Um, if there's no stock, he'll just drop down the brisket. So he's hmm. not giving in to, you know, quality. So he's he's doing a great job. He's the only one that's doing it really well. Yeah, there there is something that's interesting about barbecue. I think much like bourbon, uh, you know, that kind of scarcity mindset. You know, I've become friends with the the folks from Blacks Barbecue, the original Blacks. Nice, yeah, um, I've been there in, yep. in Texas, and uh, I was talking to Barrett Black, who's uh, who's fourth generation. He was talking to his his grandfather, who was just just kind of gobsmacked that there is there is so much demand, or that people would not have brisket all day long. Like he just didn't understand this kind of this kind of craziness that's around barbecue as a uh, as a movement yeah. right now. He just he didn't he didn't understand what was happening, um, and so. I guess Big Don has kind of capitalized on that a little bit too in Australia. Yeah, I mean, he was basically, tr he's truly the first uh, in Perth. Um, there's guys doing it over east as well, 
Um, but, you know, after I got back from Mikkelweights, that was what my plan was. But you know, things get in the way, work. I then met my beautiful wife and, you know, just things just happen and you need... It's just a big risk as well, yeah, uh, financially, and I just wasn't ready for that. So, so I'm so glad he's doing it because um, he's doing it right. As long as someone's doing it right. Yeah, and so you're able to. Uh, this is your hobby. This yeah, is your, I can still do this. How many I, competitions are you doing? So this is my second for the year. Oh golly! Yeah. So we have uh, normally three, sometimes four. In uh, Australia, as a whole. No, in Perth. In Perth. Okay. So we're, we're right. KCBS in Perth, and okay. there's a big divide at the moment. Not divide, but the eastern states, there were KCBS, mm-hmm. but another body came through and uh, doing great. Yep. They run the big meat stock okay. festivals yep, and yep. competitions. And ABA, Australian Barbecue Alliance, have their own uh, categories. They have uh, open beef, I think, lamb, chicken ribs, and, and, and extra categories. Um, point systems, completely different. Um, so, yeah, they are just taking the land <laughs> over east and running their comps uh, whereas we stuck with KCBS I love it that it's international I love that it's the same sanctioning body same rule set anywhere mm-hmm. I go um, and we're, we're just trying to keep that alive it's yeah. tough um, obviously with COVID we dropped off a bit with comps and the amount of teams we're trying to bring that back up now mm-hmm. so we've got a new comp in April so we normally have October, November and August yeah all in the one place at the Swan Valley Settlers Markets. Shout out to Roger Page. He's doing a great job there. And uh, now he's bringing in April. Um, so, sorry, the, the August one is somewhere else. But, yeah, he's got, he will have three a year uh, for the Master Series in the same place. And so um, that's all we got, yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's all we do. Um, we'll try and hope hopefully it grows, but um, we average around anywhere from 10 to 15 teams a comp. Okay. A lot, but... Um, yeah, so yeah. so four or five competitions a year in Australia. Sometimes you'll get called over to California, do something like that. Yeah. Um, what's what's your day job? What do you do during the day? I work in IT. Okay. Yeah, so completely different. So yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm just fortunate with with our um, family that my wife allows me to still take a couple of weekends off a year and do some comps. It's it's my uh, meditation. It's absolutely something I love to do. So. Well, cool. Well, how can uh, how can folks follow you and uh, keep up with you, Steve? Smoke and Steve's Barbecue. One word on Instagram and Facebook. Great. Man, thanks a lot for taking the time. Appreciate Best it. of luck this Thank weekend. You. And uh, may the smoke be with you. May the smoke be with you. And also with you. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, brother. Thanks for listening to the May the Smoke Be With You podcast with Joe Levitt.